In partnership with Trauma-Free World, the International Network of Children's Ministry presents Trauma-Informed Children's Ministry, a podcast dedicated to equipping children's ministry teams in order to elevate trauma-informed care of kids and families in the church. We believe children's ministry is the most futuristic and strategic ministry of the church. When you're on the front lines of this key ministry, you need to be informed about how to effectively serve today's kids and equipped to create environments where all kids can meet with Jesus. And preparing you to do that is what this podcast is all about. Are you ready? Let's dive in. My name is Michaela White, and I get to serve as the executive director for INCM, as well as the host for this podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the church's role in trauma competency, specifically as it relates to senior leadership and staff. We'll be digging into this topic with Julie Cooper and a special guest, Dr. Chris Corbett. We met Chris in episode two and three, and we're thrilled to have her back for this important episode. This conversation will equip you to know how to approach the topic of trauma-informed care as a church staff, as well as empower you to think through the ways this impacts how your church serves your community on a weekly basis. To help us do this, Julie Cooper, who serves as Senior Vice President of Training and Curriculum at Trauma-Free World, and I are thrilled to welcome back Dr. Chris Corbett to our conversation. As a reminder, Dr. Corbett serves as the Children's and Family Ministry Specialist at Southeastern University and oversees their Master's in Family Ministry program. She has her doctorate from the AG Theological Seminary, focusing on emotionally healthy spirituality in children, and she is a passionate advocate for the flourishing discipleship of kids and families. Chris, we are so glad to have you back with us again today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Michaela. It's a pleasure. Okay, so Chris, the leaders in our community recognize that in order to create environments that genuinely welcome all kids, we have to be equipped in trauma-informed care. But we are also acutely aware that we can't do it all on our own. We really do need the senior church leadership and staff processing through this lens too. So what do you think is the first way that those listening could make some headway in that area and getting other staff on board? Yes, I think that one of the first things that we can do is we need to try to remember that we have to normalize the reality of trauma and its effect, right? I think many senior pastors or senior leaders would be surprised by the number of families in their church that have experienced trauma because of some of the misconceptions that we talked about earlier in our podcast sessions, right? They may not be aware of the definitions of trauma and how much it has impacted those in their church. And I think it's, it's hard because it has to become part of the culture of the entire church, right? And I know, we all know that as kids ministries leaders, we can't do everything, nor can the church do everything and be everything for everybody. But trauma is one of those things that impacts all humans. And so we need to have it be just something that we take care of in the entirety of the church. And so I think that just about every pastor would say it's important to address trauma. Like if you ask them, the problem is, is that most of them aren't equipped to do so. Kind of like what we've talked about again, right? Our challenge is it's the same for our senior leadership. They're facing the same challenges of not being comfortable, not understanding it, not being equipped to deal with it. So we have to start talking about it. You know, we have to start sharing the experiences and beginning to talk about it is I think going to be a a great way for us as 
kids ministries leaders to begin to lead the way. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many things that we have on our plates as kids ministries leaders, and so many times we have to um, lead up, right? As as we refer to, we're kind of we're kind of in the middle, and we are responsible for a lot of things, but we have to lead up sometimes. The Lord calls us to that. So I think as I was thinking about this, I know that sometimes that can be really hard for us because we all come from different situations and we all have different levels of influence with our senior leadership, right? I mean, some of you listening to this might think, um, "Wow, I could just talk about this, and my senior leadership will jump on board. They'll, you know, because they respect my opinion and and it's valued." And others, unfortunately, may not have that same experience, and they may really struggle sometimes to get senior leadership to understand where they're coming from or what they're talking about. So one of the things that I think is helpful that I like to ask myself is, what is my level of influence? What can I personally do with the level of influence that I have in my church? Because no matter what our situation is, we control certain things. We have a certain level of influence. And so recognizing what that is, and then what can I do within that sphere? And then praying that the Lord will increase our level of experience in his timing versus so many times we hear something and we want to just run and we want to take care of it. Right. And we want to like influence and make it happen. Mm -hmm. But a great idea at the wrong time turns out bad. And so, right. It it, timing is everything. And so we have to recognize that the Lord will increase our influence. And then we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to step into those moments. And it's going to take a lot of humility, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes it's easy for us in our human nature to discover something and we just want to share it with everybody and think they're going to get as excited as we do. And <laughs> we would like, that would be awesome if everybody listening that happened, but the reality is it doesn't. Yeah. So, so we approach it very humbly, yeah. right? We approach it covered in prayer. Yeah. So that the Lord expands that influence in his time. And, and then we're, we're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. I know oftentimes with senior leaders, they might think that, you know, when we go to them, an idea is really mm-hmm. great and they might be on board with this, but they want more than that. They want us to have some ideas of what this could look like. So prayerfully considering what are some things that we as a church could do to begin taking some steps to have a wider expanse of this trauma-informed ministry. And maybe it is just talking about it. Maybe that's the first step. Um, And even as you think about like listening to this podcast, you know, um, saying something to our senior leaders, like, you know, I've been listening to this podcast about trauma-informed kids ministries, and I would love to share some of the things that I'm learning. Right. I mean, even just something like that when you're giving reports or things can really be helpful. So I, I think that I've maybe I've said a lot, but I think it comes down to what is your level of influence and how can you function within that to make a difference in this particular area of ministry? Yeah, I really appreciate how you're encouraging our listeners to um, pay attention to the discernment that the Holy Spirit is giving them about obviously their influence with their team, but also doors of opportunity to, you know, lean in and humbly offer some perspective that continues to normalize 
the fact that trauma is a reality and it's affecting those that we're serving. So I think that that's a, that's a great way for us to process through that is, okay, Lord, what discernment are you giving me for how I can use the influence that you've given? And, you know, the doors that open, how do I humbly lean into those. Um, That's a really great perspective. And, you know, Julie, in addition to normalizing the reality of trauma and how it's impacted our communities, what, what else do you think we can do to help the church grow in its care for all kids and families? Yeah, sure. I have um, two thoughts as, uh, as I think about maybe what some uh, next steps could be. And the first is uh, just that churches remember their pastoral side. You know, when I think of a pastor, I think of Psalm 23. And what does the Lord do for us in Psalm 23? He makes me lie down in a green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. But this is a picture of safety. and This is a place where I want to come and be refreshed. Um, so yes, I want to come and teach. And I, I want the building to be engaging. And I want there to be good energy. But we have to also remember people are coming in. Trauma's not rare. We've talked about this. People are coming in with wounds and we want to think about how the church can be a safe place. So I I can't give a prescriptive do A, B, and C. It really just takes talking about it and being aware and trying to think like, hey, what are some ways we could help lean into that pastoral side of our ministry? Um, And then a second thought is that when we talk, when we start to bring about the awareness level, The very next thing that needs to come is skills. So, you know, we we talk about it as being unconsciously compassionate. Um, You're you're telling me to think about it. I'm starting to understand. It's not rare. Um, Kids and adults alike within our ministries have had these experiences. Now, how do I become competently compassionate? Give me some practical skills so that I can respond to some of the things that I'm going to see before me which could just look like maybe it's tapping into some of the resources that you all have at INCM, doing some training as a team, making sure we get some skills so that I know what to do with the awareness that I've gained. That's really, really important. I love the encouragement to just remember our pastoral heart. That Psalm 23 image is is, uh, a beautiful one to keep in our minds and recognizing as well that when we start to see members of our team grow in that conscious compassion, how important it is for us to follow that up with that practical, you know, here's what you can do to act on that compassion. So they're not stuck in that. that Yes. I really appreciate you you highlighting that. Um, Chris, we know that this isn't just about what happens in the children's ministry area then, you know, so I'm curious, what do you think we should be considering when it comes to trauma competency and how the whole church communicates and and what's happening in other ministries? Yeah, wow. I have a whole lot of ideas on this, Michaela, which some of them are like crazy and um, are way even outside of kids' ministries. But I mean, I think it would be great if we started preaching and teaching on this. I mean, what if our senior leadership did a series on this, you know, on a Sunday morning? Because if it impacts everybody, then it's relevant, right? And when you think about it, think about the the trauma in the Bible. The, The Bible is filled with trauma, starting from the very beginning, you know, 
all the way through. And so we could preach on it and teach on it. I think even in kids' ministries, we can talk about this, you know, talking about how we all experience, you know, the difficult situations. And and I think beginning to share our experiences with it, right, um, is going to be really critical. And maybe, and I think, like, I know, like thinking about like a children's ministries team, right? As kids leaders, that's the one area where we have some influence um, for sure. And so even in like, you know, if we, we huddle together before service and we pray together, even in that time, becoming vulnerable with your team, because it takes us opening up the conversation. So sharing, here's some things I'm struggling with. You know, and we could start small. It doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to like give our team everything all at one time, but just here's some things that have happened or some, and just opening ourselves up and being vulnerable because then that will help create that culture for people on our team to start doing that. And then that kind of begins to create the conversations, right? Um, I mean, I going like with what Julie said, one of the things that I think would be fantastic is even if we could preach or offer a class where we talk about what to say and what not to say. I mean, that right there is like so easy to teach on. Like, you know, here's what you say when you're ministering to somebody who's experienced grief or trauma or any of these things that we're talking about, or here's what not to say. And just giving it because everybody in the church can begin to minister to one another. We all are with people when they've gone through difficult situations. So I think once we become aware, which we are now, and as more people in our church become aware, then we give the skills to to help minister in these kinds of situations. And that's an easy starting point. So I think it comes down to raising awareness, sharing personal experiences, and then giving people the skills, even thinking about like reframing how we think, you know, even in terms of like Bible stories, I I love Bible stories. And that's such a great teaching tool for us, no matter what area of ministry, you know, but looking at them from the perspective of when one of the biblical characters experienced trauma, how did the people around them respond and what was helpful, what wasn't helpful. So it's not like you have to just totally throw out a normal sermon series or message to do these kinds of things. It just, we have to change the way that we look at it and we can incorporate it very naturally into what we're talking about and be training people. And they may not even realize what we're doing. Right. So I think we have to start talking about it as much as we can. We have to start seeing scripture through this lens. And I think that that's going to really help. And even talking about some of the misconceptions and sharing some of those with people that we've talked about, you know, I think is really important. Um, And, you know, I guess recognizing really that creating a church culture that um, is engaged in trauma-informed ministry, recognizing that all of humanity, everything within us has suffered the effects of the fall. Mm-hmm. And trauma fits into that. Mm-hmm. And if we're truly going to minister and see people get to a healthy place, then we have to see them as complete individuals. Yes, that is so good. That is so good, Chris. I think one of the things that I'm processing from what you just shared is the purpose of the church, you know, to to build up the body, to equip the saints, to, um, to model what it means to be the family of God. And if we are, you know, normalizing our ability to really see one another and really make, you know, space for one another to, um, to meet with Jesus, to feel safe enough 
to fully engage in the family of God. I mean, we, we would be more on mission. You know, we would, we would be uh, fulfilling our, our purpose in probably some more significant ways. Um, so I, I'm actually really inspired by what that looks like for us to really um, see this be a part of the culture and the lens, even through which how we talk about scripture. Um, so Julie, I, I think where I'd love for us to land as we wrap up today, for the leader and and many of the, the people who are listening to this podcast would be children's ministry leaders or those who are you know volunteering in children's ministry and they're responsible for so much. Um, and so now, you know, thinking through their passion to see their church grow in trauma-informed care and trauma competency, you know, they might be feeling like they have a long way to go in, in building a trauma-informed culture at the senior and staff level in their church. I'm wondering what you would offer as a best next step to them. What would be a great next step for them? Yeah, you bet. And, you know, for those who may be feeling overwhelmed, that's normal. So nobody should feel like everybody else has got this figured out and we're the one, we're the one ministry or we're the one city um, that does not. That's that's not true. Really, we're all figuring it out, which makes the the best next step to start with me. You know, start start where I am. We already talked about each of us and our our levels of influence. So I start where I am. And if that means that I can start to share with that senior level leadership. Um, what, what is my passion, but really it's God's heart caring for the wounded is God's heart. So, right. I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord for opportunities to lead up as we talked about, but I'm also starting right where I am. So that's with my, my core children's ministry team. And we start small. We, we actually started to use the word micro goal because you know, like how many of us start the year, our goal, I'm not going to eat sugar for the whole year. And it, that all goes nowhere in the first two weeks. So micro goals, like this week, we are going to try this and then talk about it. How did it go? Um, maybe we decide, you know what? The one thing we really want to address is, is felt safety for our kids. Let's just start there. We, you don't overhaul a culture in a couple of weeks. You know, it starts piece by piece. And the, the thing that we always pray for is just that others start to see there is something special going on there. Um, people enjoy working there. The volunteers enjoy. The parents are encouraged. Like, let's go and kind of lean into what's happening in that particular ministry and ask the Lord to, um, to allow our influence to grow. But we start where we are and we start small, just a couple strategies at a time. I really appreciate that micro goal term (laughs) you know, we've talked about a lot today. We've talked about, you know, using discernment to understand the influence that we have and prayerfully and humbly being aware of the doors that open for us to offer perspective and, you know, steps forward. Um, We've talked about embracing our, our pastoral role as a church and what it looks like to make these environments safe places for those that we're serving, but also 
um, you know, those who are served and who, who are serving others and those who are being served. And also just reflecting on, you know, what it means to really be the family of God and fulfill our purpose as a church body together. And so that encouragement to begin where we are and think through this week, this is what we're going to do to reflect the heart of God and to create a safe place for kids and families to meet with Jesus. And then we're going to talk about it. And then next week, we're going to take another step that direction. I think that's such a beautiful way for us to think through this. And eventually, one week turns into a month, turns into a year, turns into a culture. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we need to keep in our focus as we, uh, as children's ministry leaders, want to create an environment where all kids can meet with Jesus. So Chris and Julie, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And thanks for listening, friends. We hope this conversation equipped you to elevate trauma-informed care in your children's ministry. Uh, In our next episode, Julie and I will be joined by a special guest. Her name is Kim Botto, as we explore how to develop a team of trauma-informed volunteers. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And to learn more about INCM, you can get connected to what you need to serve kids and families at incm.org. And if you're ready to take intentional steps forward in trauma-informed care, connect to the resources from our partners at traumafreeworld.org. We're glad you joined us today and we're here to support you. We're cheering for you always, friends.